Welcome to the Faith Lakeside Podcast. Each week you'll hear another great message that will help you know God and make Him known in your life. Join us each Sunday at 1045 a.m. and throughout the week in small groups to make the most of your learning experiences. Now, sit back, relax with a great cup of coffee and a notebook and enjoy this week's message. We are in the kingdom of the Son in chapter 1, verse 13, that Jesus is our eternal King, that there is a pathway to citizenship which entails a profession of faith, of Jesus as your Christ, your Lord, your King. And that, that we should expect to suffer for the sake of the kingdom and give of ourselves so that the kingdom might grow. And that Jesus is uh, our treasure and also he is all that we need. And so today as we get to chapter 2, verses 16 through 23, we're going to look at bottom-up living. And um, we're, we're looking at uh, actually the wrong way to live from our perspective, from the ground up, trying to reach God on our own good works and with our own strength. And we're going to find out that that is actually not such a great idea. So if you have your Bible, open it up to uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. Or you can, of course, use the Bible app. The Today's event should be in there. So you can open the Bible app and follow along with us. Now, just a quick reminder, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It's one of the amazing and great translations that we have available to us. So if it doesn't read the same as what you've got in your lap, it's okay. It's all based on the same original Greek text that uh, if we could read Greek, that's what we would read the Bible in. But how many folks here read Greek fluently? Anybody? Roberta, I did not know that. Would you come and share with us the reading from this? And I'd like to hear it in the original Greek if you would. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's the thing is none of us can read Greek, so we rely on these translations. So every modern translation, for the most part, except for the message and a couple others, is worth reading. And so no matter what translation you've got in your lap, you are reading a good version of God's word. So it's a little different than mine, no problem. Uh, Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. I don't know that it'll help a thing because I just got the squeaks. Um, But here we go. Chapter 2, verses 16 through 23 in Colossians Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices and the worship of angels, claiming access to a visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. He doesn't hold on to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons, grows with growth from God. If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines. Although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. So if we remember, this letter is meant to point us towards Christ as our one true king, but also meant to confront some false teachers that were circulating in the area and trying to lead believers astray trying to give to them a faith that was different from what had originally been given to them by the Apostle Paul. And so 
Starting in verse 16, he, he begins with the word therefore uh, in our translations. It's therefore. Now, every time you come up on a therefore, anybody know what you need to do? Figure out what it's there for, right? And, and it's, a, it's one of those silly little things that we say in Bible reading and Christianity, but it is critical as we begin to interpret and understand God's word. Anytime we come up on a word therefore, there is a transition that is happening. And so we have to look back to what has already been said in order to remember why he's making this transition. So therefore, well, what is this therefore Therefore, it is to point back to some concepts that Paul has just mentioned in the verses previous. In, in chapter 2 there, verses 9 through 15, he talks about how Christ is the fullness of God in, in the flesh. That you've been filled by him. You, are, uh, you, you, you put off the body of flesh. You were raised with him. You were made alive with him. And so when we look back to the previous verses... You're filled up by the very power of God. You are buried with Christ and risen up to a new life in baptism. You've been made alive. You're no longer captive to sin and death because of Jesus Christ. And so this therefore points back to these truths about what it means to be a believer. You are filled by him. You are buried with him. You were raised with him. You're made alive with him. In other words, if he has done all of this great work in your life and given you everything you need, why do you keep going back to old things? Therefore, because God has done so much through Christ Jesus in your life, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Now, what we think was going on here is these false teachers were coming in and encouraging Christians to look back into the Old Testament and to follow the rules and regulations of the Old Testament. And if you've ever read back in the Old Testament, there are certainly great and strong and beautiful moral standards that the law gives us that we should still be seeking to live up to as Christians because they set the, the view for what God's expectations are for his creation. But then there were other things in, in the Old Testament and in the law that served only to prepare the way for the Messiah, to point to the Messiah. And Paul says that things like this, Food and drink, there were actually specific foods that, that the Jewish people could not partake of in order to stay faithful to God. So if you like bacon, bacon is off the list. And, and right there, I mean, how could you even be an American and be a faithful Jew, right? I mean, bacon, that's like, yeah, gotta have my bacon and my smoked pork chops. And anyway, pig, off the list. Uh, you can't eat eagle, I mean, everybody loves to eat eagle, right? Off list, no owl, uh, no shellfish. How many of you guys like your shrimp and your crab and your lobster and think that's a real treat? In the Old Testament, it's off the list. And the reason that God did, does this is it, it, it makes perfect sense when we understand science nowadays. Some of these things are very difficult to cook or carry diseases. And so God put them off the list for his people. Some of them had direct relations in their culture to pagan ritual and pagan practices. So they're off the list for God's people. But by the time we get to the New Testament, 
These standards, these lists, these, these practices, we recognize them for what they are. That the special festival days, that the special uh, food regard, uh, rules, the special Sabbath days, they are not meant for the Christian to be practicing as a means of salvation or as a requirement for being saved. So we actually have some movements in our world today that, that will teach us that we, we must follow the, the Old Testament Sabbaths. We must follow the Old Testament high holy days in order to be faithful Christians. Uh, if you've met with anybody, you know anybody, they, they celebrate the Jewish roots of Christianity, which is a good thing to do, but they go too far and readopt those Jewish roots as being necessary to be a faithful Christian. And Paul, in just one verse here, verse 16 of chapter 2, has laid down, as a believer, you are not to be held up to those standards as being necessary for your faithful life as a Christian. Now, he doesn't say, if you want to go blow a shofar, that you can't. But he does say, blowing a shofar on special days and building a booth and, and participating in Passover, are, those aren't necessary, but you can certainly do them. So don't look at these old laws and standards as being necessary for your salvation because they are just a shadow of what is to come. The substance is Christ. He, he paints this picture that the, the old law, the Old Testament law and ritual, it's only representative of, of salvation. And you guys can see, you can see my shadow back there, right? I mean, the, you can see around me. He's saying that, that you know there is something to them. They, they have a substance but their substance is dependent upon the reality that there's a shadow, but for every shadow, you know, there is a greater reality that is casting that shadow. And so the Old Testament law and standards, the high holy days, the shofar blowing and the animal killing and the booth building and the special Sabbaths and the food code, they represent something. They, they show us that there is something of greater substance that exists. And that something that is of greater substance is Christ. The shadow tells us something more exists. But once we find out what the something more is, why would we go back to the shadow? Why would we live in the shadows? Why would we look at what is just kind of a, a floating representation of what really 